All right, we are back on the Woo! Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin Cuthbert, and Alish Forfar. <laughs> you know who's coming on with that music. That's whoop, there it is. But we got Bruce, there it is. And our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online into the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That insider is one of the great coaches in NHL history and a current NHL network analyst. That's Bruce Boudreaux. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, guys. Uh, how are you today? We're doing pretty good, I think. How about yourself? Well, I'm driving to Fort Wayne, Indiana, so I'm 570 miles to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's a bit of a long haul. What's the road trip move for you? Is there like a snack you need on the way? Is there, are you oh, doing yeah. tunes? I, what's your, what's hey, your... Uh, listen, I'm sitting in the McDonald's parking lot because I didn't want to order while you guys were on the phone. <laughs> I love so, that. I love that. A little egg McMuffin yeah. for me. That's my go-to. You put Here's a free tip, Bruce. You put... A hash brown on the egg McMuffin. You like construct your own sandwich. Absolutely takes it to another level. So free advice. If you try it today, you'll just let me know next time we chat if you like it. I will. I'll I'll be right on that. Okay. (laughs) And also easier while you're driving. So we got you covered here. Okay. So hopefully you got us covered here with some Luke Shen insight because that's one of the major additions coming uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs after a busy trade deadline. And what you hear about Luke Shen is, wow, legendary teammate. How could Vancouver let go of him because he means so much to that room? So what sets, because there are a lot of good teammates in the NHL, what sets Luke Shen apart? You know, it's a, it's a good question. There are a lot of great teammates. Uh, I just think Luke is one of them. I mean, uh, he comes to work every day. He uh, he works. He practices very hard. He'll practice in the in the, in practice. He'll do it like he's playing in a game. So I mean, if uh, your head's you know if your head's down, beware. But I mean, not only that, he goes to bat for you. He uh, uh, he does all the right things, and 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 he's a good guy, and and you know what he can play too. Like I mean, uh, everybody knows that if he has a downfall, it's his foot speed, but you give him time and space, he always makes the right play. There's nobody going to stand in front of the net when he's there. I mean, he will. Uh, I don't know if he's still leading the league in hits, but uh, uh, he's he's always right up there. He finishes his checks, and I mean, uh, I think it was a great acquisition for him. So with, I mean, there's a lot of balls in the air right now for the Maple Leafs, as many as nine capable NHL defensemen. Uh, Luke just welcomed another baby into the world with his wife. So he missed a couple days or a couple games, and they're trying to fit all these pieces in. And I wonder, because you have such experience with him, what is the best way to utilize Luke Shen? Like, how should he fit into this Maple Leafs roster or into this Maple Leafs lineup, in your opinion? Well, I mean, it's... It's tough. He's really good in a in a in a five six role, but uh, he also played with Quinn Hughes for a year and a half, and and Quinn was plus twenty, and and Luke was always a plus player. So I mean, if you need a protector, uh, he's always he's good in that role here. So I mean, he's he can play. He's a good penalty killer, so you can play him like you want to play him. I mean, he's uh, um, he's I think twelve to fourteen minutes a night is is possibly. Is when he's at his best. So, but I have uh, played him, and uh, I've seen him since since I've left Vancouver play 18 to 20 minutes as well. So, I mean, I just think it, it, when push comes to shove and he gets in the playoffs again, you know, I mean, he was there with Tampa. Uh, he he also understands if he, the Leafs go 11 and seven, that what it takes to be a seventh defenseman, how to stay involved in the game. 
Yeah, they certainly had some lineup fluctuations over the past bit after the trade deadline, an influx of new players and this excitement around that. But I wonder, as a former head coach, what challenges you face integrating new players, getting the chemistry set, but also approaching a really important time for the Maple Leafs where they got to get some chemistry going and they have to find some stability to amplify the players and get them in the best performance-ready mode where they go into the playoffs. Well, the biggest problem you, you can have is having too many good players. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm serious. We mm-hmm. did that in Washington. The year we had 122 points, uh, we went and got, I think, five players at the trade deadline, and they, they could all play. The Scott Walkers, Eric Belanger, Joe Corvos. I mean, uh, these guys could play, but we were already so far ahead in the, the league that we knew the other guys could play too. So it was just trying to... Uh, to get them into a proper fit. Like, I mean, and I mean, the anticipation of that was that you're going to have a good long run. And if you have a good long run, you have depth. The negative portion is you got to, you got to have the, win the first round to have the good long run. And I think, uh, uh, I mean, the Leafs are going to be fine because we're making a lot out of it. But I mean, in reality, their top two lines are the same. Their top four defensemen are going to be the same as they are now. And so, I mean, they're getting uh, a lot of chemistry there. It's where to fit the bottom bottom six in and the bottom two defensemen in. So when you're when you're looking at those specific areas, and the blender is you know fully operational, things are you know changing from night to night. What are you looking for as a coach? Is it like a specific partnership, two players that really really work well together, or can do something specific for you? Is it trying to install a line and building out from there? Like what is priority one when trying to fir- put the first piece in place so that you can put all the pieces in place? Well, my thought is always fits. And uh, what I mean by that is, um, uh, you know, like what, if you have a puzzle and there's 12 forwards and six defensemen and, and you need a ninth forward, is to look around the league and, and, and find somebody that fits that ninth player uh, that you need. Like you don't have to go out and get a, an offensive guy or the best guy available, but whoever fits. And I look at what Boston did. I mean, they uh, replaced... Craig Smith with uh, Garnet Hathaway, a much better fourth-line player than than Craig Smith is at this rate. Uh, Orloff, uh, and I was talking to somebody yesterday, that, I mean, you, he can play on the, the top unit or he can play a 5-6 unit. And, like, I mean, if you're putting um, your best line out against uh, and you get the line change against the 5-6 pairing and Orloff is out there, he was – you, a lot of times a number one two pairing, so you, you're not feeling as bad out there. That's what you're you're looking for. Is where, for example, where's Ryan O'Reilly fit best? Mm-hmm. Is he best on the left wing with Tavares, or is he best as a third line shutdown guy? Um, I don't know. I don't know that. You know, I mean, the Leafs know that much better than me. I just watch them every night, like you guys. So they're not done with the. Uh tinkering because of Matthew Nyes, who's an NCAA standout, of course, looking for a Hobie Baker award even down the stretch here, has his Frozen Four coming up. And when he does finish that college career, it's anticipated that he'll come and join the Maple Leafs. Now, what kind of challenges does a kid like that have? Um, he's obviously having an incredible NCAA career, and there's a lot of expectation around Toronto, Toronto media, Toronto fans that, you know, he's going to come in and make a big impact right away, um, not only integrating him to lineup, but just being a guy that's coming over at 20-whatever years old into a Stanley Cup contending team. 
Well, I mean, I think the, the Toronto media overhypes everything. I know, we're I the worst. The, <laughs> the, the main reason Nyes would come to Toronto right now was just to get him acclimated to what the NHL life is all about. When we call up guys from college and he, and they play in the NHL, either you, um, if they're free agents, you either promise them a spot for a game or two, or you just want to get them acclimated with the team. A lot of times, guys go to the American League, and it's not that they're going to come in and play in the American League, but they want to get them acclimated to the pro pro life. Look at uh, Matthew Nyes is a really good player, but is he a top six NHL player today? I mean, there's not too many guys that can fit that, especially on a team as powerful as the Leafs up front. So, I mean, uh, would you want him on your fourth line and you're going up against... Tampa and all of a sudden uh, on your first shift, they ice the puck and here comes Kucherov, Stamkos and Point. I don't know. I mean, if you want that scenario for a young man. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how good he is. I know I've heard about him like you guys have. But, I mean, uh, unless he's a, a star, he's he'd be hard-pressed to play a lot of games in the playoffs for the Leafs. It'd be a pretty big gamble for Toronto. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think you nailed it there. I think it would be a bit of a gamble, but they also have the support if it if it didn't work. If they went that route and it didn't work, or he proves that you know he's not necessarily ready for that jump up, or Tampa Bay and Kucherov coming at you after an icing, uh, because and it is that way because they went out and got among those six players uh, Sam Lafferty and Nola Chari. Um, if you're looking at last year, if you're looking at previous years, but I guess we'll focus on last year. Like I saw a tweet today and some stats, you know, Vasilevsky and Campbell last year, same save percentage, 897. The Maple Leafs top stars had more points than Tampa's top stars. So if you deduce from that, it's like, okay, where was the series lost? Well, it was lost at the margins with Tampa's supporting cast just being a little bit better. So I'll ask you with Achari and Lafferty, can they bring meaningful change to the Maple Leafs bottom six to help change their fortunes this time around? Well, I really like both of their players, both those players. So, I mean, yeah, they can they can bring meaningful change. But in the end, I mean, that, uh, you know, all of those things taken take into account. In Game 7 last year, Vasilevsky outplayed Campbell. And it always comes down to goaltending in the end. I don't care who you are and what team you're on. And uh, it's uh, you can look at the stats from here to kingdom come. But if you've got the better goaltender, unless you're being outshot 50 to 15 every night, you're going to win the game. We're talking to Bruce Boudreaux, former NHL head coach and current NHL network analyst. Now, the Maple Leafs have played a pretty lengthy regular season here where there's not really much incentive other than battling for home ice advantage because they've known they've been playing the Tampa Bay Lightning for what seems like the majority of this stretch. Now, I wonder how difficult it can be as a head coach to keep a team sharp um, that isn't clawing into the postseason. Now, a lot of these opponents the Maple Leafs are playing lately have something to prove, something to play for, and that's proven to be a bit of a difficult matchup for the Maple Leafs. How do you you know, keep a team incentivized when down the road, a lot of games really don't mean too, too much in terms of standings. Well, I mean, I think, it's, you know, that's the one thing as coaches that uh, we have to do. We have to be able to make them excited about every game. And uh, that's the, the motivation part. I mean, as far as Toronto goes, I truly believe, like, I mean, they know where they are. I mean, I wouldn't, 
you know, like <laughs> I'm coming to Toronto next week, but I mean, it's, it's the, it's, again, we overhype everything. They lose to a team that's not in the playoffs. Oh my God, the world is crashing. <laughs> uh, the Leafs are going to be just fine. They will figure things out. They've got a lot of great people there and they will figure it out. And it's just going to come down who plays better, Tampa or them. I mean, I mean, we can talk about chemistry and everything else and we will dissect it six ways to Sunday. But I mean, they, I, I would bet if you talk to Sheldon or uh, Kyle right now, they know what their, their um, top 12 are going to be in forwards. They know what their top six are going to be on defense. And I mean, you'll see in the last three games of the season, they'll probably play them all. Uh, maybe the last game of the season, they'll play all the other guys that aren't playing in the playoffs and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But I mean, um, I am not worried one iota that the Leafs don't know where what they're doing and what and what they're doing with their players. Who who is the best coach in the NHL right now, Bruce? Well, <laughs> it's a good question. There's a lot of good coaches in the NHL, but I was talking to somebody yesterday. Anybody that can stay with the team for ten years, win two Stanley Cups and keep the same players you've had, a lot of them, for 11 years because you had them in Syracuse, and keep them motivated is uh, is doing a, a fantastic job, and that's John Cooper. And um, I look at that, and because the shelf life of most coaches is four to five years, and even if you're on a good team. But I look at him, and um, he's he's done it, and he's still doing it and finding ways to get teams better. So, I mean, I, I would, until... Until somebody, uh, you know, I mean, does it does it a couple times in a row, i got to believe it's him. Yeah, it's certainly hard to argue that. And, of course, the Leafs will meet Tampa. It looks like in the first round of the playoffs. When you, when you saw Tampa this year, what was your read? Are, are they falling off even fractionally? Like, you're not supposed to be great for 10 years like they have been uh, in John Cooper steering that ship. Is there is there any drop off with this team? Is the same standard there once again this year? Is there is there really any change to Tampa Bay? I just don't think their defense is as good as last year's team. I mean, I think they missed the Ryan McDonough's. Uh, um, there's another guy I can't think of right now that uh, they've they've been missing. But I mean, I you know we played them uh, played them twice, and obviously we lost, but it was five four and. 3-2 to them, and uh, um, I just think that I, I came away thinking that they're a beatable team this year because their defense wasn't as, as solid. I mean, they they still stand up at the blue line. They're still big. They're still strong, um, but, I mean, Hedman hasn't had the year that he normally has, and I, I, I think in that vein they're beatable, and, you know, Vasilevsky has looked normal on more nights than he hasn't, and uh, um, so it's, uh, uh, they're a beatable team. I, I think they are getting, it, it's tough to win year after year after year. And maybe the grind is, is a lot for them, but I mean, I guarantee they're going to be a tough out. And it's that I do think home home ice is, is important because Tampa is much better at home than they are in the road. And, uh, I mean, even though Toronto had home ice last year in game seven, I think it would be more important for them to have home ice this year in Game 7. 
Yeah, the Maple Leafs have a pretty great home record as well. So it, this this stretch is really important to see who's going to even just get last change in this playoff series and get home ice advantage between these two teams because it'll seriously make maybe just the one game difference that takes you to the second round. Um, I wonder how much you see Tampa Bay's championship pedigree factoring into them being a tough out. Now, they've been a proven winner. They know what it's like to play in the biggest stakes and to overcome you know, some of those adversities that the Maple Leafs haven't had yet. Is, is that a 20%, um, if it's a tangible amount, that Tampa Bay has as as experience factor that could make a difference? Well, it definitely can. I mean, uh, I don't think they'll panic at any stage. They could go down 2-0, and they're not going to panic. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's where the championship pedigree comes in. That's where the, um, you know, the experience comes in. I mean, again, I, I revert back to game seven last year. I mean, uh, Vasilevsky just said, okay, nobody's scoring on me tonight. Mm-hmm. The Leafs were the much better team in game seven, but they didn't win. And uh, but, so, I mean, that's where the, the, the pedigree comes in, the big games. Who do you want in net in the big games? Who do you want out on the big games? I mean, and I mean, their best players will play their best, uh, especially if they get down in the series. So I think we're all hoping we see uh, the Leafs and Bruins in the second round. I think it'd be great for storylines, hockey. <laughs> it'd be great for this market as well, because that <laughs> means the Leafs would have gotten that uh, monkey off their back, finally getting a first round series victory. Uh, but I want to ask you about the Bruins. Um, you met them on November 13th. I think that was the second half of back-to-back after the Toronto game early in the season. The Bruins are on this historic pace, but did they feel historically great? Yeah, that was a really fun part of the schedule, too. <laughs> Toronto on a Saturday, Boston on a Sunday, um, Buffalo on a Tuesday, um, and when they were going good. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they just are like a machine. Like, I mean, if you can think of the uh, the Russian teams in the 70s and 80s, I mean, they don't even, they don't get over emotional. They just keep coming at you, keep coming at you. And it's something that I don't think any of us really thought of before the season with the injuries they were going in into. I mean, Hampus Lindholm and McAvoy, uh, their defense is really good. Uh, Allmark has been uh incredible i mean i was talking to somebody a couple days ago and they said they think he's only let in one bad goal this year i mean that's pretty hard to believe i mean uh, that would be a coach's dream right there so um you know whoever beats them but here's the the kicker no matter who gets in the playoff and how many points you get you got to be better by 10 percent um if you want to win because the teams that are beneath you are going to play much better in the playoffs. But if you play at the same level, you're not going to win. You've got to play better than the level you played during the regular season. If the Boston Bruins are, you know, I'd say the best team here on the East Coast, uh, who would be the best team that you saw out on the West Coast? Oh, very quickly, um, it would be... um, I mean, I've always liked Colorado, even though we played them three times, we beat them twice, but they haven't never had their whole team. Um, I think they're really good. I mean, I've seen Edmonton play great defensively, but can they keep it up for 28 games? Potentially, I don't know. Um, Los Angeles is the team that really intrigues me. They play hard. They're big. They're physical. And, and again, they made great trades at the trade deadline, and I think they're going to be a tough team to beat.
Okay, last one for you, Bruce. Uh, what's next? You're obviously hanging out with our buddy Jackie Redman on the NHL mm -hmm. Network uh, at the moment, but uh, I feel like you're you're a forever coach. Uh, do you want to coach again? Well, I think I got the energy to do it. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, uh, the, the thing that always worries me about guys that are getting older and uh, is staying in tune with the young guys. And uh, I think uh, the one thing that hasn't changed is my ability to communicate with with players, and uh, um, I think uh, as long as I can stay at that level and do that, I'd love to do it. I mean, um, even though things didn't go exactly as planned in Vancouver this year, I mean, uh, I the one thing I thought, you know, I was the first one there, last one to leave, um, would would uh, got along extremely well with the players and played very hard for me. Um, but uh, so. To answer your question in that vein, I think I'd like to coach again. I mean, but somebody's got to want me. But if they want me, I'll be there. Well, we hope you get that opportunity because the uh, the NHL is better when you're coaching in it. But for now, uh, maybe you can join us. Uh, that's also a good consolation prize uh, for us. Uh, Bruce, this was a pleasure this morning. Uh, safe travels. Enjoy the McMuffin. And hopefully we can chat again soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Look forward to it. Thanks so much. Uh, that's Bruce Boudreaux, former head coach of the Washington Capitals and Vancouver Canucks, among others, and current NHL Network analyst and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Probably one of the most beloved guys in hockey. He's a fan favorite. The text line's popping off. Him Is and it? Charles Davis. There you go. Without without a doubt. he's Yeah, he's got uh, that Charles Davis mold to him, doesn't he? Sure he sure does. I hope to see him get another opportunity. He really deserves it. You saw how that Vancouver fan base, the team rallied around him. Bruce, there it is. I think he's got a lot of life left in him on the bench, so let's see it one day. Let's see it. All right, so the Maple Leafs are back in action against the Florida Panthers tonight, 7 p.m., and this looks like an opportunity for a bounce back for your Maple Leafs. Minus 105 on the money line, though. It's a toss-up, which you never, ever see. Yeah, that is a tight one. That's interesting. They're on, they're on the road in Sunrise. I don't know if Sunrise, I don't know if the, the splits, I don't know if they have it like down. I remember that fishing trip many years ago that everyone was up in arms about. I don't know if they have, they're a dominant team in Florida per se. <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Like it was a, it was a while ago, but there was, was uh, they went fishing the night. Yes, they, <laughs> they went fishing the day before and uh, I don't think it went particularly well. And of course we They should head radio, to some Jay's spring training. Uh, I think that's closer to Tampa. Yeah. Well, anyway, maybe just, you know, hang jaunt. out in the hotel room and, and uh, you know, get, read the get back in the winning column. Read the plays, watch the tape, get yeah. ready to win. Um, that is 7 p.m. on Sportsnet Ontario. And it's coming off a 7-2 loss against Islanders. It was not a pretty one. So Maple Leafs, kind of a coin toss tonight against the Panthers. Maybe your wake and rake pick comes from that. We have NCAA March Madness to tee up, of course, four games in the Sweet 16. We got a couple picks in the text line for that. We are day one of the Dell match play, which is really hard to evaluate who's winning at this point because they just play a bunch of like round robin games. It's, uh, it's, there's a reason why I'm never into this tournament. It's because I just cannot figure it out. Like how in it takes match more play brain power do than you lose I need. and you hang around? I guess you're not going to get players to come if half of them have to leave after right. one day. 
Uh, but it just seems so weird. Anyway, I don't think I had a particularly good day with our buddy Victor Hovland not well, getting the job done. Johnny Rom also lost, and I picked him first overall in the FanX Cup. So uh, I continue to search for a winner when it comes to the golf world. All right, we'll get to all of that on the other side of the break, and we have some interesting Canadian billionaire pending transaction. I don't know if we're a pending transaction yet. Maybe interest. Something that someone's chewing on, maybe? I'd chew on it. Interest. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, do you want to talk about the NFL and the Washington Commanders? Let's do it. I, I didn't do, like, uh, too much reading up on this. I Like, I don't know. I, did someone say, hey, even if he gets it, like, no chance Canadian NFL team. I don't know if we got to that point. I don't think we got to that point. But it's very intriguing. It it's is. something to chew on. So, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos... I think you nailed that. Is considering a bid for the Washington Commanders. He's a Toronto native, and he is known to be the third bidder for the team. He uh, also recently tried to buy Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets, apparently. This guy just wants to spend, This eh? is like when... This is the... <laughs> like, it's something, obviously, what? 0.000001% of people get to actually get involved with. But the arms race for the odd franchise that becomes available, it's, it's insane. Like, he, the Ottawa Senators is going to go for almost a bill, almost a billion dollars mm-hmm. for the Ottawa Senators, over $900 million, apparently, is wild. I can't imagine how much this is going to cost. So it was once valued by Forbes. Now, this isn't the most recent evaluation, but it was once valued at $5.6 billion dollars. It could go for even more and maybe set a new mark for the highest paid price for a North American professional sports team. So I don't know how your mind couldn't go towards, hey, Canadian billionaire brings NFL team to Canada. Like they have. My brain did not go there no? whatsoever. Really? No. How could it not? I don't know because it doesn't work properly. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but Canadian billionaire wants to buy an NFL team. No NFL teams in Canada. Untapped market here in Canada. You think an NFL team could not be supported in Toronto? I guarantee you it could be. Uh, they also don't have, they have, don't, remember when we went on the fan, the NFLPA, whatever it is, I think it's the NFLPA, survey was like the facilities. Remember when we went oh, over yes, that? I remember And this. Minnesota graded highly. Who was the worst team? Washington. On many levels. So they got a brutal facility. They have a decrepit stadium. They have a brutal name. They have, like, there's nothing redeeming about the Washington Commanders at this current moment. So if you're, if you're buying this franchise, are you not starting fresh? And if a Canadian is buying this franchise, how could we not think about a Canadian team or an NFL team landing in Canada? So he owns or in the founder of Six Ventures Incorporated, which is a private equity venture fund. He also contributes a considerable amount to philanthropic organizations. He also went to Harvard. Classic. Ivy League. Ivy League. If he knows anything, he'll think about moving the team to Canada. 
What would like just because I don't want to go too far down this mm -hmm. road, so we'll just talk in like generality. Do you because I was I was kind of split on this before. Like when we were talking about the Bills and the Bills in Toronto series and all that stuff. Like I didn't really want the Bills to come to Toronto. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. Other than the fact that, okay, I was a big Vikings fan 10 years ago. Love the Vikings. Live and die. Like, the thing that I cheered the most for was the Minnesota Vikings. That has all died. That does not exist in me anymore. I don't think I'm at all passionate about the Minnesota Vikings for multiple reasons. Fantasy football, gambling, other things. It just doesn't do it for me that much anymore. And I thought, like, the cool thing about cheering for or being a football fan in Canada was that everyone has their own team, right? Everyone mm -hmm. has a team that they cheer for, that they get excited for, and not everyone's the same. One of your buddies, we're going to have a Super Bowl champion, and he, that's his moment, right? Or his or her moment. They get to be really excited about that. And then the next year, maybe it's someone else. Like, I think that is a cool part of it when people had teams. But I feel like people don't have teams as much as they once did. And I feel like if an NFL team did land in Toronto now, I, like guaranteed to be a smashing success, but like I'm ready for that. I'm ready to cheer for an NFL team again because that's been like lost in me. But if there's an NFL team in Toronto, I'm gonna be well, I front think, and center. I think that that makes a lot of sense for someone that likes the Buffalo Bills. I never really wanted the Bills to come to Toronto just because. See, I thought that would have been an easier sort of transition because that's your team already. But I, I just. It's just part of who they are. That they're right. the Buffalo Bills and the culture there and going over the border and I don't know. The I, Bills belong to Buffalo. The I Bills agree with belong you. to Buffalo. It would be it would be different to move them to BMO Field. <laughs> right? Yeah. Would, where would they build this new stadium? I mean, we 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 can figure that yeah. out, right? They've been talking about Rogers Center and what and what makes sense. Like uh, clearly, they've gone the upgrade route, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that. But there's always been conversations about building mm -hmm. a new this, building a new that. I, I don't think land area would be the big. No, issue. I just meant like if you're dreaming of this Toronto NFL franchise. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what makes the most sense. Like you, uh, you always gravitate towards the water, but it's like how big of a nightmare would it be to get exactly. there? Exactly. It'd probably be better in like a more quieter space, maybe Port a Hope. bit north of the city or something like that. I have no, I have no. Sutton, idea. Sutton could uh, they Sutton get, could they get the certainly handle it. it with the one hotel, the motel. Either way, the person who buys the Commanders is building a stadium. Oh, you're not yeah. getting around that, so you're that's one expense is buying it. The second expense is building a new stadium because you're not going to be. Is it Fanex Field still? I don't know. The one that has water pouring off seats onto people. <laughs> The one that looks like it's going to just fall and collapse at any moment's notice. Mm -hmm. They got to make something happen with a new stadium. I don't know. Here's a text from the text line. To 99% of the players are from the United States. They don't want all the BS at the border, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you're traveling to Toronto if you're in the division once a year. Mm -hmm. If you're not in the division once every couple, bring your passport. I don't think it's a big deal. It's a bigger deal for Toronto Blue Jays, I'll tell you that much. Oh, is it ever? Hey, opening day, I believe, is one week away. It is, yep. Hell yeah. The Blue Jays are playing today against the Twins. We've got to ramp this Blue Jays stuff up here live at 1 p.m. on Sportsnet, streaming on sportsnet.ca and 590, as well as the Sportsnet app. You can tune into that. Maple Leafs at the Florida Panthers live at 7 p.m. on Sportsnet Ontario and four NCAA March Madness games. Um, where do you want to start for the Wake and Rake here? Let's go through the anchor. I think we got to mix it up. Maybe the order. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not the yeah, superstitious guy. let's change the, guy, the vibes, but the, the juju vi around. Yeah, okay? The vibe needs to change a little bit after uh, an 0 for 6 run for us. Okay. Speaking of Sutton, my guy, Steve from, Steve from Sutton, happy, birth happy birthday. Happy baby Friday. 
Today I'm going with the Dallas Stars on the money line with the Pittsburgh on a back-to-back. Dallas Stars on the money line, Pittsburgh on the back-to-back. Yeah, I was feeling that as well, Steve. I'm, I'm, I was like, kind of like bouncing, oscillating. Maybe I'll do something else. But now that I have your support, maybe I'm a little bit more uh, feeling a little better about that. Uh, next up, Jarrett from Halifax. Morning, guys. A cold putter for Victor Hovland. Isn't that always the case with Victor Hovland? Should have known that. <laughs> was our demise yesterday. Today at the match play, I like Patrick Cantlay. Your pick. Over KH right. Lee, if you're looking for a play at the Corrales Punta Cana Open, I believe it is, take our boy and former champ at the Corrales, Joel Damon. Definitely Ooh. our boy. Over Brem and Duncan. That's Jarrett from Halifax. Okay, let's get back on some golf wins here. Good morning. Since I'm a bit cold the last few tennis picks, I'm going off the board today to Euro Soccer Qualifying. Slovenia to win over Kazakhstan. Slovenia are a competitive team against the world's higher-ranked teams, whereas Kazakhstan are not on that level and haven't qualified for a major tournament, finishing last in their group on their last try. Slovenia are also unbeaten in five matches. Some good value here with Slovenia to win minus 110. Now, I mean, that is the most obscure pick I think we've ever gotten. Neil in Newfoundland. It, it definitely is, but just using like a very basic amount of brain power. Sylvania, Sylvania at minus 110 sounds like a good pick over Kazakhstan <laughs> in the soccer world. Uh, we shall see if that comes through. Uh, this is Duncan from Georgetown. Good morning, guys. Let's start the morning right after McDavid's two-goal game mm-hmm. hit 60 yes, last night. Yes, he did night. say that, Duncan. Shout out for Duncan. Uh, today, he'll be back in one of the coldest dogs in the tournament. Kansas State to beat Michigan Ooh. State. Should be a good game with the dogs on top. Uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'll be rooting for a Kansas State victory tonight. Maybe won't They're double plus down on it. plus 105. Plus 105. I like Kansas State today. I know the Tom Izzo thing is the Tom Izzo thing, but Kansas State, I think, is a better team. Okay. Corey from Port Hope here, home of the future NFL team. For my wake and rake pick, <laughs> I'll take Ottawa and Tampa Bay over six and a half goals tonight. When it comes to college basketball, I also like UConn minus four and a half over Arkansas. I'm also on UConn tonight. I'm fading the muscle man. All right. Eric Musselman. All the way. Hey, guys, Corey from Waterloo. This year's bracket has been whack. Yeah. So out of the remaining teams, I'm taking either UConn or Texas to win the whole thing. P.S. I love the name Bunker Alish. And shout out to Corey from Port Hope. Have a great day. That's more commentary than anything. <laughs> That's very sweet. Uh, but he likes UConn or Texas to win the national championship. Okay, Ron and Jules, every morning. Happy Baby Friday for today's anchor. I'm going to go to the NCAA tournament and take Gonzaga plus one and a half. Jules will take Leafs on the money line, minus 105. Atta girl, Jules. It's Ron and Jules. I'm glad someone had a good night. Ian, uh, he's got a check mark for Pirtle over 30 points and rebounds last night. Freddie over 23 and a half points. Walker Kessler over three blocks. I'm glad someone's profiting in the wake and rake. But today he'll change it up. Michigan State money Ooh. line. Okay, that goes against... The Uh-oh. Kansas State pick from Duncan. Uh-oh. Duncan and Ian battling it out. All right, last text in here. I'm taking the Barry Royals under 12 girls basketball team to cover the spread against the Aurelia Lakers. My daughter, Isabel, to have over six and a half rebounds. Let's go Royals. Just Jeff and Barry. Love it. Winner gets uh, to start building that new NFL stadium. <laughs> That's right. It'll be neither Barry yeah. or Get Aurelia. Get the U12 girls out there with shovels. <laughs> <laughs> That's team or, bonding. Or between Barry and Aurelia. Okay, so we got a couple things in there. Let's go with our picks and we'll circle back. Uh, I got one more in the text line here. Okay. Ailish and Dressen, what's up, fam? Will from Niagara. I hit a same-game parlay and cash out for double on two other tickets last night. Kind of smoky over here. I like Cleveland minus four against Brooklyn. Obvious reasons. Stomped them out last time they met. Free money. Have a great day. That was the last one there. All righty. I'm going to go with the Dallas. Uh, not money line because money line is... It is in range, but it's a little closer to minus 200 than minus 100 where we'd like to live. So I will take the Dallas Stars on the three-way money line plus 100 
versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. I lost fading the Penguins last night, but that's the key. They played last night against Colorado. Now they're traveling to Dallas. Dallas will maybe smell a little blood in the water because they're fighting for the division title with Colorado. So an opportunity to gain a full game on them with Pittsburgh taking Mm -hmm. care of business. And then if they can do that themselves, they'll be in a better position tomorrow morning. So I'll take Dallas plus 100 three-way money line. So Dallas in regulation. Okay. Um, I'm also going to go back to a pick that I didn't hit this week because it's time to just double down. I'm going to take the Bruins on the puck line against the Montreal Canadiens at home. I I picked the Bruins on the puck line against the Sens, and they only won 2-1. This was two days ago. That's not happening again. Okay, you're not going to squeak by a win against the Montreal Canadiens on home ice. I need to get them back on track, the the wake and rake picks, because I was red hot last week, and now I'm ice cold. So Bruins, puck line, let's go, guys. Like, you're the best team in the NHL for a reason, so... Win by two goals against the Canadians. What did Bruce Boudreaux call them? Machine-like? He did. You need to see that machine churning in the right way tonight. Okay. Um, two texts to read. Corey from Port Hope says, shout out to the other Corey. It's so sweet when they text each other through the text line. I get to facilitate. It is, it is your favorite thing ever. And then Isabella, or Isabel, sorry, made Isabel's day. Thank you. Go, girl. You got this. I'm betting... Isabel over six and a half rebounds for my wiki rate pick. There we go. She's going to kill it. Okay. Um, let's pick our anchor submissions. We've got two hockey picks. Both of them are going back to the well and trying to get on the, on the right track here. So we could go Patrick Cantlay, my guy. We could go Joel Damon, but that's uh, one's a bit obscure. Slovenia, Slovenia to win. Why can't I say that? Kansas State. We could do a little NCAA. kind of like that. Okay, but we have competing okay, other, so we, other than UConn minus four and a half over Arkansas. I'm down with that. And you if were you want feeling that. that one to begin with, weren't you? Uh, Ron's got, I am. Ron's mm-hmm. got Gonzaga plus one and a half. I'm terrified of, like, because I, as I mentioned that before, I got a lot of UCLA. For me. I don't know anything. I don't really <laughs> want to get involved in that. It is a, it is a pick 'em game, it seems like. I, I like UConn a lot. Um, let me just go check my bracket. <laughs> did I have UConn going? Because um, I don't think you have I think Arkansas I did. going to the, the no. I definitely had UConn going somewhere. Do I have them? This I do. I have them. I have them in right now. Let's go UConn. Okay, let's go UConn. I had UConn versus Kansas, but obviously they're long gone. Well, who'd you have winning that game, Kansas or UConn? I had UConn winning oh, there that you go. game. You're in a better spot to advance. I You're had in a good UConn spot. and Gonzaga That's in the next round. So it's actually, let's do it. UConn, you, baby. Okay. Minus four, you're seeing it? I got It's minus four and a half from Corey from Port Hope. Uh, I'm not seeing it at anything. Four, four and a half would just play it. Well, whatever. I'm picking four because that's what's in front of me. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so Bruins on the puck line. Let's go, guys. Figure it out against Montreal Canadiens at home where they never lose. So odds are that this could go well. <laughs> Dallas Stars <laughs> in regulation against the Pittsburgh Penguins who are on a back-to-back. And UConn minus four or whatever you see on the spread against Arkansas altogether. That is plus 518. Okay, sweet. We got about, uh, oh, we got close to 10 minutes. Maybe we should fit some Leafs. We could probably General do that. discussion since we talked about it with Bruce There's a some lineup bit. changes, There's actually. There's some lineup changes. I got them for you right, right here. Uh, Matthews and Marner reunited. I guess they were at the end of last game. The second line is featuring, once again, Michael Bunting, John Tavares, and William Nylander. Mm-hmm. Uh, that leaves on the third line, Nola Chari to center Sam hey, Lafferty and go. Alex Kerfoot. And Zach Aston Reese, David Camp, and Wayne Simmons. Those were the practice lines yesterday. That means Bobby McMahon is out. He's dealing with a re-aggravated injury. Uh, and I guess on the outside looking in, from a defensive standpoint, Gustafson and Liljegren were the guys 
doing the extra work uh, at practice. So any takeaways from that? Simmons getting back in, Tavares and Nylander reunited, Gustafson and Liljegren on the outside looking in. Uh, the expectation, I think, would be that it's going to be Matt Murray tonight. Yes, um, so Samsonov is not going to be joining the team. I believe his wife either had a baby or is pushing it out today. So he's he's out of the picture. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Wall backing up. I would assume it would be Matt Murray tonight against the Florida Panthers. Um, looks like T.G. Brody, as you said, is back in action. So that will be good to shore up that blue line. But Simmons, who were you talking? We were talking to Kipper two days yep, ago. And he, he was saying that he'd really want to see at least Simmons over Zach Aston-Reese. So... They get both of them in there. They but, get both for now, yep. You know, I, I don't know. That fourth line needs to kind of find their identity as well. But I, I'm happy to see Tavares, Nylander, and then Matthews Marner again. Like, I, I feel like the experimentation has gone a little bit too galaxy brainy a little bit. You know, these things work. So you need a bounce back game tonight. A big win against the Florida Panthers would be a great way to start that. And, and I just want to see some consistency in the lineups. That's my ask. Yeah, and and that is the ask, but I guess what we thought was consistent now is inconsistent. I guess with the fourth line, right? That was the one thing we were banking on. We were seeing Achari, Zach Aston, Reese, and David Camp on that fourth line, and now we're not going to see that with Simmons coming in and Achari moving up in the lineup. Is the last remaining constant Callie Yarncroke and Austin Matthews playing together? Now, Kipper, if we're going back to that conversation, didn't love that idea, didn't think he was much of a top line or top six forward. I disagree with him in that regard. I'm like, you know, you can have utility play in the top six. I don't think Michael Bunting is a quote-unquote top six forward per se. Like, you're not building around Michael Bunting. You're compl- complimenting with a Michael Bunting. And right now, I think the the most complimentary player that the Maple Leafs have, at least in terms of top six help, is Cal Yarncroke because he's doing a lot of the defensive work. He's doing a lot of the forechecking. And guess mm-hmm. what? He can shoot the puck a little bit, which helps. I think it's more opportunity, and I think the argument from Kipper was, yeah, well, he hasn't been able to use that shot to score very much at the NHL level prior to coming here. Well, yeah, he didn't play in the top six much. He was playing uh, a more of a support role with checkers, and his responsibility was to check. And I guess he can do that or give some of that skill, lend some of that checking talent to a top line that always needs to be supported by strong defensive play. And if he can put the puck in the net, then it's like Zach Hyman with some scoring talent if you want to put him in that sort of same category. So I think it's still a partnership worth exploring and mm-hmm. seeing how much they can build. But again, I'm with you. It's like it's time to start putting some pieces into the puzzle, stuff that's going to be permanent, some permanent roots in terms of the lineup, I think is a great idea for this team moving forward with just 10 games remaining. Uh, So we will see if they move closer to what they will present on night one with this lineup, although there are a couple things clearly that are going to change when the games do count the most. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but um, during the media availability yesterday, Matthews, mentioned that the team kind of addressed the situation prior to their practice about leaving Samson off out to dry. And I think yesterday we talked a lot about how it seemed like there's no intensity, right? That game just came out. You let the Islanders roll all over you, a hard forechecking team. You didn't have the fire that you hoped to support your captain returning to his former team. It was a bit lackluster at times. So maybe they had some difficult conversations in that locker room. I will dig, it, dig your heels in because these games mean something. We just talked about it with Bruce about how important home ice advantage is going to be. Both of these teams, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs have really good home ice records. So if you're playing for something down the stretch, it's the advantage of having home ice advantage 
in your first round playoff series, the line matching that might happen. And I, I think if if they had to have some difficult conversations before Wednesday's practice, I'm glad to hear it. And, and I hope that's not just the, for the benefit of Ilya Samsonov, because you know what I'd love to see tonight. And I Matt was actually Murray, steal a game. Not steal oh. a game, just not give up four goals. And I was actually thinking of playing this in the wake and rake. The under three and a half goals for the Florida Panthers tonight was set at minus 120 where I saw it. And I thought, well, that's pretty close to split odds, mm. even odds. I think it was minus 120 each side. I guess they, the demand that you pay the juice a little bit. But I feel like it's time for a staunch defensive effort in front of Matt Murray. And if he's been playing like he has been playing, if they give him some proper support, if they give him something to work with, which they haven't for the last two games where their goaltenders have been hung out to dry, I think he can put together a start where you are allowing under three and a half goals. I'd love to see Matt Murray put up a, I don't know if quote unquote quality start just based on statistics. It'd be nice if uh, if Matt Murray could do that because the giving up four goals per game thing, like, yeah, you might have played better, but it's it's not fun giving up four goals, I imagine. No. Every single night you go out there, especially when you're still competing for something internally like Matt Murray may be doing right now. So a, a, really, a really good defensive game, some responsibility, some intensity funneled towards that aspect of things, I think that would go a long way for the Maple Leafs tonight. So not only is NCAA a March Madness back today but the first round of the frozen four men's ncaa championship begins uh minnesota facing off against canisius at 9 p.m and st cloud state against minnesota state so minnesota obviously uh we have a lot of eyes on that one if they win that and they should their number one seed would probably be able to play in a massive rivalry game, Minnesota versus Minnesota State. That'd be in two days. So you got two games um, there. And then you also have Denver against Cornell and BU versus Western Michigan. So we're getting into it now. Uh, Tomorrow there'll be four other games as they get closer to the semis and the championship round, uh, the Frozen Four. I can't wait. Obviously, I love to tune into a little Frozen Four action after seeing the women win on Sunday. Very, very intriguing, of course, with where Matthew Nyes ends up. And I really want to see him win a championship. You know, he decided to go back to college this year, and I know it kind of upset a couple of Leaf fans because, hey, come on, join with the Maple Leafs and make this year about your growth and development. But if you go and you win a championship in your in your final opportunity with that team, you know, you got a championship pedigree. You know what it means to win. I know that's it's not the same as winning the Stanley Cup, but I really no. hope that he gets the opportunity to make this year worth it in terms of his NCAA goals. So we're on the march to that right now. I think that's a great perspective for you. I mean, like you understand how much that means. And he didn't go back to school just because he, he, likes studying. he wanted to study. No, he wanted to win this. And it means a lot to those who compete. I will say Minnesota minus 900 favorites. Yeah, I think they'll be all right against Canisius. So uh, we could probably pencil them into the next round. I hope so. I really hope so. So the march towards the frozen four begins. You got Leafs and Panthers tonight. That's at 7 p.m. and a full night of NCAA March Madness. You got the Blue Jays at 1 p.m. Justin will be off for the next six work days. When you put it like that, it's like I'm like, you know, Mailing it in a Six little bit. Six shows without you, Justin. Six shows without me. You're going to have Haley Salvian and Brent Gunning, mm-hmm. two of our favorites, two right. people that we've co-hosted uh, with each. I think we both, yeah, we sure both, we've both co-hosted with each. Uh, great, great personalities here at Sportsnet 590, the fan. So I'm looking forward to listening to those shows myself. Justin's off to the warm, sunshine climate of Costa Rica. I'll be peeling next time you see me. Yeah, you're, you're a guy that's going to get some color. But you're uh, going to get a burn for sure. It's yeah. your first sun it's of the year. Once, 
Well, listen, we haven't seen the sun in five, six months. Wear here. sunscreen. I Don't will, be, but I will. You're not tougher than the sun, Justin. I will wear sunscreen, but I will still be suffering the effects of too much sun. It's important to protect your skin. I know. You don't want to look old and wrinkly. I'll get that text from mom later. And be careful with your skin. So I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you. Take lots of photos of sloths. I will They're try. They're very I'll, cute I'll, and I'll fun. Some and sloths. just so unique. So enjoy that. Have some uh, what, what peanut crunch or crush? Peanut crush. Peanut punch, I believe it Peanut was. Peanut punch. That was from Katie mm-hmm. Heindel. So if you're looking for a new treat, that's what she recommends. All right, Justin, enjoy your break. We'll miss you. See you in a while. The Blue Jays have already started their season when you come back. Can't wait to break it down. And great food league MVP. Hopefully continuing that this uh, the start of the season. All right, I'll be back tomorrow morning with Haley Salvian. Enjoy your baby Friday.